Long History Francis Drake's Voyage About the World, Part 14 The Californian King Hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 of Long History's The Voyage About the World, a description of Francis Drake's famous voyage which took place from the 15th of November 1577 to the 26th of September 1580. We've now reached California in Francis Drake's journey. But if this is your first time with Long History, we break up historic source documents into chunks of 10 minutes or so. These are eyewitnesses to the events that took place, and this is episode 14 of this current document, so um, look out for episode 1 if you want to start from the beginning, and subscribe to be notified of the remaining episodes. There's 20 episodes in total in this document. The text we're using here was written by men who took part in the voyage. It was created from the notes of Master Francis Fletcher, a preacher, and others. In the previous episode, Drake was forced to give up his ambition to find a northern passage around the Americas due to the cold he endures in Oregon. The ship heads south to today's Drake's Bay, north of San Francisco, where, stopping off for some repairs, he comes across some of the local people who apparently treat them like gods, as stated in this quotation. Notwithstanding, nothing could persuade them, nor remove that opinion which they had conceived of us, that we should be gods. In this episode, Drake and the crew spend some time amongst these local people, even meeting their king. This episode begins with a description of the earliest meetings with these people. In recompense of those things which they had received of us, as shirts, linen cloth, etc., they bestowed upon our general and diverse of our company diverse things, as feathers, coals of network, the quivers of their arrows made of fawn skins, and the very skins of beasts that their women wore upon their bodies. Having thus had their fill of this time's visiting and beholding us, they departed with joy to their houses, which houses are digged round within the earth, and have from the uppermost brims of the circle clefts of wood set up, and joined close together at the top, like our spires on the steeple of a church, which, being covered with earth, suffer no water to enter, and are very warm. The door in the most part of them performs the office also of a chimney to let out the smoke. It's made in bigness and fashion, like to an ordinary scuttle in a ship, and standing slope-wise. Their beds are the hard ground with only rushes strewed upon it, and lying round about the house, having their fire in the middest, which, by reason that the house is but low-vaulted, round and close, giveth a marvellous reflection to their bodies to heed the same. Their men, for the most part, go naked. The women take a kind of bulrushes, and kemming it after the manner of hemp, make themselves thereof a loose garment, which, being knit about their middles, hangs down about their hips, and so affords to them a covering of that which nature teaches should be hidden. About their shoulders they wear also the skin of a deer, with the hair upon it. They are very obedient to their husbands, and exceedingly ready in all services, yet of themselves offered to do nothing without the consents or being called of the men. As soon as they were returned to their houses, they began amongst themselves a kind of most lamentable weeping and crying out, which they continued also a great while together in such sorts that in the place where they left us, being near about three-quarters of an English mile distant from them, we, very plainly, with wonder and admiration, did hear the same, the women especially extending their voices in a most miserable and doleful manner of shrieking. Notwithstanding this humble manner of presenting themselves, and awful demeanour used towards us, we thought it no wisdom too far to trust them. Our experience of former infidels dealing with us before made us careful to provide against an alteration of their affections or breach of peace, if it should happen. And therefore, with all expedition, we set up our tents, and entrenched ourselves with walls of stone, that so being fortified within ourselves, we might be able to keep off the enemy, 
if they should so prove, from coming amongst us without our good wills. This being quickly finished, we went the more cheerfully and securely afterward about our other business. Against the end of two days, during which time they had not again been with us, there was gathered together a great assembly of men, women and children, invited by the report of them which first saw us, who, as it seems, had in that time of purpose dispersed themselves into the country to make known the news, who came now the second time unto us, bringing with them, as before had been done, feathers and bags of tobah for presents, or rather indeed for sacrifices, upon this persuasion that we were gods. When they came to the top of the hill, at the bottom of whereof we had built our fort, they made a stand, where one, appointed as their chief speaker, wearied both us his hearers and himself too with a long and tedious oration, delivered with strange and violent gestures, his voice being extended to the uttermost strength of nature, and his words falling so thick one in the neck of another that he could hardly fetch his breath again. As soon as he had concluded, all the rest, with a reverend bowing of their bodies, in a dreaming manner and a long producing of the same, cried, Oh! thereby giving their consents that all was very true which he had spoken, and that they had uttered their minds by his mouth unto us. Which, done, the men laying down their bows upon the hill, and leaving their women and children behind them, came down with their presence, in such sort as if they had appeared before a god indeed, thinking themselves happy that they might have access unto our general, but much more happy when they saw that he would receive at their hands those things which they so willingly had presented, and no doubt they thought themselves nearest unto God, when they sat or stood next to him. In the meantime the women, as if they had been desperate, used unnatural violence against themselves, crying and shrieking piteously, tearing their flesh with their nails from their cheeks in a monstrous manner, the blood streaming down along their breasts, besides despoiling the upper parts of their bodies of those single coverings they formerly had, and holding their hands above their heads that they might not rescue their breasts from harm, they would with fury cast themselves upon the ground, never respecting whether it were clean or soft, but dashed themselves in this manner on hard stones, knobbly hillocks, stocks of wood and pricking bushes, or whatever else lay in their way, iterating the same course again and again. Yea, women great with child some nine or ten times each, and others holding out till fifteen or sixteen times, till their strengths failed them, exercises cruelty against themselves. A thing more grievous for us to see or suffer, could we have helped it, than trouble to them, as it seemed, to do it. This bloody sacrifice against our wills being thus performed, our general, with his company, in the presence of those strangers, fell to prayers, and by signs in lifting up our eyes and hands to heaven, signified unto them that that God whom we did serve, and whom they ought to worship, was above, beseeching God, if it were his good pleasure, to open by some means their blinded eyes, that they might in time be called to the knowledge of him, the true and ever-living God, and of Jesus Christ, whom he hath sent, the salvation of the Gentiles. In time of which prayers, singing of palms, and reading of certain chapters in the Bible, they sat very attentively, and observing the end at every pause, with one voice still cried, Oh! greatly rejoicing in our exercises. Yea, they took such pleasure in our singing of the palms, that whensoever they resorted to us, their first request was commonly this, Gah! by which they entreated that we would sing. Our general, having now bestowed upon them diverse things, at their departure they restored them all again, none carrying with him anything of whatsoever he had received, thinking themselves sufficiently enriched, and happy that they had found so free access to see us. Against the end of three days more, 
the news having the while spread itself farther, and as it seemed a great way up into the country, were assembled the greatest number of people which we could reasonably imagine to dwell within any convenient distance round about. Among the rest, the king himself, a man of goodly stature and comely personage, attended with his guard of about one hundred tall and warlike men, this day, viz. June the 26th, came down to see us. Before his coming, we sent two ambassadors or messengers to our general, to signify that their hyo, that is, their king, was coming and at hand. They, in the delivery of their message, the one spake with a soft and low voice, prompting his fellow. The other pronounced the same word by word, after him with a voice more audible, continuing their proclamation, for such it was, about half an hour. Which, being ended, they, by signs, made request to our general to send something by their hands to their hyo or king, as a token that his coming might be in peace. Our general willingly satisfied their desire, and they, glad men, made speedy return to their hyo. Neither was it long before their king, making as princely a show as possibly he could, with all his train came forward. In their coming forwards they cried continually after a singing manner, with a lusty courage, and as they drew near and nearer towards us, so did they more and more strive to behave themselves with a certain comeliness and gravity in all their actions. In the forefront came a man of a large body and goodly aspect, bearing the sceptre or royal mace, made of a certain kind of black wood, and in length about a yard and a half before the king, whereupon hanged two crowns, a bigger and a less, with three chains of a marvellous length, and often doubled, besides a bag of the herb tabach. The crowns were made of knitwork, wrought upon most curiously with feathers of diverse colours, very artificially placed, and of a formal fashion. The chains seemed of a bony substance, every link or part thereof being very little, thin, most finely burnished, with a hole pierced through the middest. The number of links going to make one chain is in a manner infinite, but of such estimation it is amongst them, that few be the persons that are admitted to wear the same, and even they to whom it's lawful to use them, yet are stinted what number they shall use, as some ten, some twelve, some twenty, and as they exceed in number of chains, so thereby are they known to be the more honourable personages. Next unto him that bare this sceptre was the king himself with his guard about him. His attire upon his head was a call of knitwork, wrought upon somewhat like the crowns, but differing much both in fashion and perfectness of work. Upon his shoulder, he had on a coat of skins of conies reaching to his waist. His guard also had each coats of the same shape, but of other skins, some having calls likewise stuck with feathers or covered over with a certain down, which groweth up in the country upon a herb much like our lettuce, which exceeds any other down in the world for fineness, and being laid upon their calls, by no winds can be removed. Of such estimation is this herb amongst them, that the down thereof is not lawful to be worn, but of such persons as are about the king, to whom also it is permitted to wear a plume of feathers on their heads in sign of honour, and the seeds are not used but only in sacrifice to their gods. After these, in their order, did follow the naked sort of common people, whose hair being long was gathered into a bunch behind, in which stuck plumes of feathers, but in the forepart only single feathers, like horns, everyone pleasing himself in his own device. This one thing was observed to be general amongst them all, that every one had his face painted, some with white, some black, and some with other colours, 
every man also bringing in his hand one thing or other for a gift or present. Their train or last part of their company consisted of women and children, each woman bearing against her breast a round basket or two, having within them diverse things, as bags of tabac, a root which they call peta, whereof they make a kind of meal, and either bake it into bread or eat it raw, broiled fishes, like a pilchard, the seed and down aforenamed, with such like. The vastly different traditions of the groups of people who meet in this episode become apparent with the so-called bloody sacrifice of the local people, contrasted with the singing of psalms by the Europeans. Here we are reading of the first meeting between Europeans and the people of the area that will eventually be known as California. And of course we're only reading it from the point of view of the Europeans. What must the local people have made of these strange people arriving in their boats? In the next episode, the interaction between these two groups of people will continue.